0: city it's your man big pat the voice of your charlotte hornets and you're listening to the all hornets podcast network presented by sports illustrated another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast
1: lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help We're back for another episode of the All Hornets Podcast Network, and after a, a week off, substitute in, we have Chase Whitney joining me back here. Um, Chase, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back. A little bit of a hiatus from podcasting over the what seems like a lengthy summer with no basketball, so it's, it's nice to be back on the mic here.
1: Well, apart from Kai Jones's two games for the Bahamas, you've not missed anything. True. <laughs> that was, true. That's literally nothing has happened since the last time that we spoke, I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a slow couple of weeks. But um I mean, how have you been how have you been filling the time here? How what what sport have you is it through sport? Is it through have you started knitting? Like have you picked up any summer hobbies? What what's Chase doing to fill the void of basketball?
0: Uh, So I've actually, I've planted a full garden out back of my house. Uh, I've gotten some goats. I've become fully self-sustaining in the last couple. No, I'm I'm kidding. I haven't done done any any of that. I was um, not the
1: issue to be like, you've got goats?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I know how to milk them and everything. No, I I, I mean, maybe someday, but um, I've been doing the complete opposite. I've just been sitting uh, a little bit of both mixing uh, some other sports and TV shows. I watch... My New York Yankees quite a bit. I watch like NASCAR on Sundays. Been getting ready for the NFL season coming up in a little like a week and a half or so from when we're recording Mm. this. At the end of August, Uh, I'm very excited for that. Um, Have you done your your,
1: your, Have you done your fantasy drafts yet for the NFL? Have you done that? I'm literally
0: I'm doing one like literally as we speak right now. So you're you're
1: multi you're drafting. All
0: right, right on the pod, real quick. Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon.
1: Oh, oh, Um, I, I had Joe Mixon last year. I really liked him, so I could Joe Mixon. Yeah, me
0: too. All right, that's who I'm going to go with too. Yep, all right. I, that's he, I feel first... like he's a lot more... <laughs> I thought you were going to than... be
1: like, run past me. <laughs> that like was, my, it was grand... my second one.
0: I got I got Jonathan Taylor on the first one. It was before we started recording, to be fair. so
1: Now, Chase, to be, got, to be transparent. you need to me. realize the audience we have right now.
0: All did right. you
1: have the first pick overall, and did you pick Jonathan Taylor?
0: No, I was the second to last pick in the first round. So, I think there's I and think you it's picked, a small league. you you were able it's to small, pick Jonathan it's Taylor. League. It's a small league. I think there were six people. I got I got him fifth. I think it was like wow. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Jonathan uh, Taylor is like we
1: going one or two in like most drafts.
0: Oh no, I'm I'm picking fourth. Never mind. But yeah, so yeah, he did fall a little still, more, but
1: yeah. That's still impressive. Um yeah. well, well, good luck with your multitasking. I I would not be doing that. I'm like I've got I've already, look, I'm showing the, the podcast right now. I have my sheet of rankings right here for my draft, which I've got this weekend. And I'm traveling down oh, to there some, we go. some friends in Essex and in the UK to go do the fancy draft this weekend. So I would, you could, I, I take this stuff too seriously. I can't, I can't be multitasking doing this, but anyway. um. So you've been, you've been, how are the Yankees doing? Give us a quick, give us the 30 seconds on the
0: Yankees. All right, so they, up until April, May, June, two weeks of July, one of the best baseball teams I've like literally ever witnessed, Aaron Judge, hit his 51st home run on August 30th last night, so he's probably going to break the non-steroid, which, uh, you know, not not that that matters to me, but he's probably going to break the non-steroid user uh, single season home run record of 61, Uh, he's got like a month and a half to do that, but uh, as a team right now, they've kind of sucked for like a month and a half, so I'm hoping they can turn that around before the playoffs, but. I imagine a lot of people that listen to this podcast are Braves fans and the Braves are like the team with the, that that has been like flipping places for best record, like fourth or fifth best record in the league with the Yankees for the last week or so. So we've got, we're a little neck and neck battle here. Not that it matters because it's a different uh, NL and AL, but still.
1: Well, I hope you Yankees can turn it around. I appreciate it. I hope the record is broken for that thing that you said. That's I'm, I'm, I
0: we're, we're going for it. So we, he, we've exhausted my baseball
1: knowledge already. We, we've been speaking for two minutes, and I'm, I'm literally already <laughs> like feeling uncomfortable. So
0: <laughs> how, yeah. how have you been filling up the the time with the summer? I mean, I know you had a a busy June, July period, but what about the last month or so?
1: You know what? We um, and this is going to sound niche, right? But a lot of track and field to translate it. I call there it from from the American definitely,
0: definitely niche.
1: Because there was the World Athletics Championships, which is in Oregon, in the US, which was terribly attended, by the way. Crowds, crowds, for USA, disappointed in you. I was very disappointed with lack like, of crowds. Then you had the Commonwealth Games, which is essentially all the countries that the UK used to be part of our empire. Now come together for like a like a mini Olympics. But so it's like the South Africa's, Australia's, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then after that was European Championships. So that was like three weeks in a row. There was like major co- competitions. Um, so that was good. I went to the Commonwealth Games and I saw what did I see? I saw uh, boxing, beach volleyball, uh, rhythmic and artistic gymnastics. That was with work actually. That one. Um, okay. I saw I saw other I saw other stuff as well. I'm a banking badminton. We saw we saw hockey, field hockey. That is. Um, so I've been to a bunch of live sport, which has been great. Went to cricket, England test maps the other day. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's been, there's been a lot. And then we've had the Premier League started back up, what, three, three, three weeks ago. So I've been watching my, my Manchester United team lose 4-0 to Brentford, lose to Brighton, and then somehow just beat Liverpool out the blue. It's um, been a confusing start for for Man United. It's... I'm not allowing myself to get excited after two wins because there's still a lot of work to come, but um yeah i just I just got to the point I don't know if you ever got to this team like like I don't even care if they win, I just wanna like enjoy watching my my team play like I mm-hmm. and for the first two games of the season, I just sat down and I just sat there swearing incessantly at the television about guys just passing it to the other player and then scoring the box. It was just it just wasn't enjoyable and really tainted my enjoyment than the start of the premier league season but if they're picking up then then that should hopefully be be a little better
0: so i know probably about as much um about soccer or football i apologize um as you do about baseball so what why why are they bad i thought they were really good don't they have ronaldo uh,
1: imagine imagine the lakers after kobe tore his achilles Oh. That's what Man United is right now. It's like oh, big okay. name, like have have like a great player, but like actually are just not yeah, good. It's
0: just not not what it's supposed to yeah. be. Yeah, they okay. have got. A very, I see like, what you're they,
1: They've got a new exciting manager, Eric Ten Hag. He's Dutch. He takes no shit. I love it. Like he just he's like proper stern and serious and like hates journalists. I quite enjoy it. Um, right, there we go. So I'm I'm hopeful about him, but you're always hopeful about a new coach, generally, aren't you? Like no matter freaking who it is. So uh, I mean, they can't defend, they can't keep the ball, and they struggle to score. Other than that, they're. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that. I was going to say
0: other than like ninety-eight percent of uh, playing soccer, yeah. they're they're all right. But yeah, that, I mean, the new coach will whip them into shape. Uh, I'm I'm hoping for you.
1: Well, we'll see we'll see, <laughs> um, but. We do have a list of things to catch up on. We only have two more weeks until training camp starts and almost, what, like a month, five weeks or so until we get to see some actual basketball, which would be great. Um, as much as I've enjoyed watching the Bahamas play uh, FIBA, oh. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting some Hornets basketball back. Um, and on the podcast today, we're talking about an exciting, exciting new announcement. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some Montrezl Harrell news, the the part two of the fan survey that I published uh, earlier this week, PJ Washington's contract extension, and looking at the Hornets over under and having a quick discussion about that. So a lot to touch on in the podcast, but we we aren't going, we're not deep diving any of these topics really. We're just we're just touching base on a few things. Um, you know that I I didn't see the reason to deep dive right now because you deep dive and then it's like five weeks like oh well now everything's changed because there's actually been basketball training and games and it's much clearer and that sounds stupid so we're, we're not deep diving yet but we're touching through some things but but first as i alluded to we've got an announcement for the all hornets podcast network and some of you who are aware might have already you might have noticed some ads coming into our podcast recently um but Now we are proud to announce that we've joined the Basketball Podcast Network, which is a podcast network. We're the Charlotte Hornets podcast for that network. And they're a great network. They've got a a podcast for every single NFL, every single NHL team. They're growing the basketball side. I think they've got about 20 out of 30 at the moment. Um, And what that means for you is you're going to be getting a shiny new logo very soon, which Chase hasn't even seen yet, which uh, I I might tease you this live on air at some point. But uh, we're going to get a shiny new logo. We will have some ad reads from DraftKings, uh, promo code TBPN. Just uh, you'll, you'll hear the advert later, but we'll just get a sneak one in there. Also, in September, we'll have some adverts from Raycon Earbuds, which they've sent me a pair and I can already recommend. Very nice pair of earbuds. Um, and then also, we'll just be having some guests on from, from other podcasts on the network. We've already had Dave King on um, he for the Suns to discuss uh, some DeAndre Ayton potential moves back in the offseason. We had a Brett Siegel come on from the Fast Break uh, on an episode of The Stinger. So we're going to be tapping into a bunch of knowledge. Um So we just want to say a big shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. It's great to be part of the team. What we're also looking to build into this season is a couple of live streams, uh, maybe some for for trade deadline, for the draft, uh, maybe for kind of particularly big games, play in playoff games, maybe, hopefully. Um, So we've got some other benefits at our disposal on on our end too, which will make things like live streaming uh, a better experience. So we're really excited to join the Podcast Network. And um, yeah, you look out for more in the space. But for now, let's move on to Montrezl Harrell. There was an update today from Agent Wojanowski that Montrezl Harrell, who had originally had felony charges for marijuana trafficking, had them reduced to a misdemeanor possession in Madison County in Kentucky. Um essentially, his charge will be expunged from his record after 12 months if Harrell gets in no le- further legal trouble. So, w- good news for Montrezl Harrell well done to montres harrell's lawyer for for working out whatever he did um i guess we should talk about if this affects montres harrell's return to the Charlotte hornets what what are your thoughts chase
0: yeah i, mean, I don't i don't know that's i i certainly think it it doesn't affect it negatively like it i, I don't think that they necess- makes him you know more likely to come back because the hornets have a lot of bigs now <clears throat> after drafting mark uh, theoretically Kai with another or with that one year of development is going to be able to play a role in the rotation you got Nick Richards there who is also going to be battling for minutes they kept Mason Plumley, JT Thor PJ Washington that's there's a long list of you know six eight to six eleven guys that would love minutes on the Charlotte Hornets so I don't know if there's necessarily room for him because he's not you know he's not going to demand a minimum contract it'd probably be something closer to the MLE anyway but um i i think it, it, it there is a, at least a sl- slight slight chance um that he comes back i think just because he was a solid player he's a veteran would be just increase the amount of depth that they have which you know it doesn't hurt uh to have like a lot of guys that you're juggling between for your rotation so uh i i don't know if there's a larger a large chance he comes back but non-zero i would say i,
1: I mean i think it's pretty unlikely but if he did come back, I'd actually be really disappointed, um, because I think if you're bringing Harrell back, you're essentially saying that like the young bigs that you've drafted in Mark Williams, Kai Jones, maybe Nick Richards, like they are not going to be in the rotation or have even less chance. Or you view him as a power forward, and he takes minutes away from Jalen McDaniels and JT Thor. So I'd be, I'd be pretty. um Disappointed just for for the young guys on the roster if if he were to come back. I, I think that you know his style is very much like there's no doubt that like it shouldn't be forgotten what what Harold did for the team last year. He was was physical. He brought energy. He helped the offense. Like the offense was in a massive rut and what they traded for Harold and he was a big reason for that. And he had really good chemistry with Lamella Ball. But you look at the things that Steve Clifford values: size for position defensive rebounding, defensive versatility, the ability to stretch the floor, and like d- don't crash the glass, don't foul, don't turn the ball over. Montrose Harrell, I feel like, if Cody Martin is the perfect Steve Clifford player, I feel like Montrus Harrell is the anti-Steve Clifford player. And I just don't know how he would w- want Harrell to be to be part of it. Like I, I know like more bodies is better sometimes, but it, like, especially with this hanging over as well. Um, I, I don't think it helps the situation, but I, I'd be pretty shocked personally.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it would, it would definitely surprise me. Um at, especially at this point, like so late in the off season too. And this has been something I've been thinking about for like a week or two. Like uh, when it was originally prompted by, uh, uh, tweet from Keith Smith, the uh, Celtics blog and spot track. <clears throat> he tweeted out the amount of open roster spots that each team has oh, yes. <clears throat> essentially after the Kevin Durant trade saga was over. Yep. Other than teams that have also been mired in trade sagas, which is basically like the Jazz, the Knicks, uh, the Nets, uh, and I think that's it. All, uh, the Hornets have the most open roster spots in the league. Like They don't even have all their guaranteed spots filled and they have one exhibit 10 or training camp deal that's been signed yeah. so far, which is it's a it's a very very low number for a team that's not really like in flux right now like where there's not like three players on the hornets that are about like they're trying to be traded or anything like that Well I
1: I think I just I think the team's in complete flux
0: Well I mean I'll, I the the team as a result of like one or two guys like it's not like they're like oh we don't know what we're doing with like you know like lamello or pj or whatever like i feel like they're no. probably not trying to trade these guys right now so no. yeah I, I, see, that, I think, that's like, what i mean
1: that i just think the hornets are in a position right now where like we're not signing anyone we're not doing anything uh, like until we just have some clarity on this bridges situation How how is it going to go like they they can't even project their salary cap right now. They don't even have any idea where the salary cap is going to be because there's so many different variables of how this could play out. If he's on the roster and his qualifying offerings, he comes back and signs a new deal. Um, if he's not on the roster at all because he's you know in, in jail and essentially then he would be cleared altogether and then then they could use cap space. So I, I think there's there's so many variables here. Um, I think that's the reason for the open open roster spots, and it is a shame because again, it's the Hornets are now going to be at the back of the queue for these undrafted guys. I imagine there's a few who they've got waiting, you know, for the September 7th when that next court date is or the preliminary hearing is for Miles Bridges. I'm sure they've got a few guys like maybe Kemba Walker and Isaiah Thomas, although I think Kemba Walker might still not have even been released yet by Detroit. Kind of waiting for for some clarity there, and before they before they make a signing. But but yeah, to, to to recap on Harold, I think both of us are would be very surprised if Harold were to be back. Um, just with the investment in the front court this summer with the new coaching staff. Um, but I, I guess if, if if look if Miles were to be gone off this roster. Uh, maybe there's a world where they think, oh, well, we could play Harold at power forward, but like, I don't like him at power forward with with anyone other than like maybe PJ because at least PJ then can. I mean, who would even be the power forward? I, right. I, don't I know. was going to
0: say, and then at that rate, is is he even the power forward? Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah.
1: but I still just, I, I personally, I especially with because I don't think the Hornets are going to be a like a good playoff team this year. I, I don't quite know what they're going to be pushing for. I would just rather see what we've got in the, in the younger players and, and give them the opportunity than, and play Harold on a one-year, $8 million contract or something, um, which he's probably going to be looking for. So, okay, that's that's Montrose Harold. Let's move on to our fan survey, part two, which I posted over on com. And for those of you listening to the episode um, with Eric, we talked about part one, some of the kind of things that surprised us. We're just gonna to touch kind of to kinda of take one one question and one vote each and we're gonna talk about what surprises in part two, which you can go find on All Hornets SI. Um so so Chase, I will defer to you. I'll let you go first. What do what do you wanna talk about? What jumped out to you when you were looking at at these results?
0: All right. So uh and credit to you for conducting this survey as well. So there's a lot of uh, very informative answers here from uh the Hornets fans and the population that the all these questions uh, were posed to. But the one that stood out the most to me, I think, was who was everyone's least favorite former Bobcat slash Hornet? Uh, and the group was Nick Batum, Frank Kaminsky, Dwight Howard, Adam Morrison, Lance Stevenson, Byron Mullins, and Tyrus Thomas. Um, and Nick Batum received 46% of the vote. Second was uh, Frank Kaminsky, third was Dwight Howard, and they were the only three. Uh, that were over ten percent, and Kaminsky had nineteen. Howard had twelve. So Nick got all basically half of the votes, uh, and then the rest was split between the other six players. So clearly, he is taking the majority of the ire, or drawing the majority of the ire from uh, uh, Hornets fans right now. Which, uh, as you notice in the or noted in the analysis below, is likely influenced by recency bias because, uh, it, frankly, like. Kaminsky deserves a little bit more of a, or a little bit higher percentage there. I don't know if anybody noticed that pun. Um, if you did, um, my Venmo is open. Any amount that you want to send me is fine. But um, I, I, Frank definitely deserves like a little bit more than 19% if Nick is going to get 46%. All Nick did was sign on the dotted line. You know what I mean? Like that that's the, the, the big problem was just the fact that how much money he made. Um, there are yeah, other players see. on this list just kind of, Weren't like even taking up like large amounts of the cap space, and also were not good, uh, and were were you know, or drafted highly, or were just you know not good in the locker room, like right off the bat, or you know, all all sorts of things that are probably worse than just like taking up a lot of cap space.
1: Um the other thing with Nick is he had
0: he had five uh, triple doubles in his first year with the Hornets. Yeah, he was, never, he, had, he, had... he was a good player.
1: He had a fantastic first year, which has obviously led the Hornets to resign sign him. He had a fantastic first season with Kemba, and he was essentially like that second ball handler. So he, he had a good season in Charlotte. He even got some all-stoppers that year. I remember it. Um, he had a good first year in Charlotte. He got injured, okay, um, in I think the year after maybe signing the big contract. He got quite a severe injury, essentially out for the entire season. So that definitely put him back. He then also kind of got benched, essentially, under when Borrego came to town and he wanted to play more of the younger guys. Um, and uh, the other reason I think he got voted is because the Hornets are still suffering from him now, which isn't his yeah. fault that, like, Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak decided to stretch him to sign Gordon Hayward. But I think fans of, you know, it, it's the most recent one of these guys who who's failed, but then also it's still having that negative impact now. So I think that's why like you say, Patum was, was selected. I mean, for the, for these other guys, I agree with you. Frank Kaminsky was just like, I, I just thought he was going to be a disaster from day one. And unfortunately I was proved right. Um, and like, I just never really felt, I, I don't know. I've got some of my own issues with Frank, some of the social media stuff, <clears throat> some interactions I, I had with him, uh, less said about those, the better. Um, Dwight Howard, I think, is a bit harsh. 12%. I mean, Dwight played one season in Charlotte. And like, if you look, the the numbers were pretty good. Like he played pretty regularly. Um, and he like he disappeared. He didn't massively have a negative impact. They essentially turned, was it the Mosgov contract into him, or was that the Bambo? So. Uh I yeah, I think it was the Mozgov contract into Dwight Howard, which you know he would have played he would have played at all. So I, I think the ones that should be probably like higher, the most highest out of all these, I think is Tyrus Thomas. The guy who like tried to, assault... I was
0: thinking he was that was an underrated one. Yeah. He's the, the one who tried to assault the
1: head coach, Paul Silas, and Paul Silas had like push him up against a locker. He needed to get restrained by teammates. Um, the guy who like the Hornets traded a future first round pick for, and then they re signed him to a big free agency deal, and he was just like checked out so freaking early. Like just did not apply himself to get better in any particular way. I, I think Tyrus Thomas, like Lance, you could probably say struggles. Like this isn't necessarily just like who if someone struggles, you don't always like dislike someone. Like players can struggle all the time and they can still be likable. Frank Kaminsky and Tyrus Thomas were just unlike. I, I don't know who anyone who's like after they were gone being like I, you know, I always liked Tyrus. I felt Frank. I I I think he would have worked out in Charlotte. Um, and, and then with Frank, you also got the opportunity cost right—four first-round picks from Boston that they offered, so that they could take Justice Winslow. And that is also tied to Frank, which isn't his fault. But uh, I mean, still, you you just look at what you got instead of those first-round picks, and you think how bright of the future could have been if if they would made that move. Okay. Moving on, I'm going to pick another question, which was, who is your next favorite player, essentially, after LaMelo Ball? Which, before the summer, I'm pretty sure, would have been Miles Bridges overwhelmingly. Would you agree with that?
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. I would, yeah. yeah. If you I, had I think style of play... the same question, he probably would have gotten over 50% of the vote.
1: I agree. I, I think he would have absolutely smashed it. So it's why I wanted to ask the question, because I was kind of like, who's the next guy who fans gravitate to now? And I was kind of surprised that Terry's there, 41%. I guess it kind of makes sense just for, like, he scores a lot of points and he's been on the roster a somewhat good amount of time. <laughs> so he, he is, like, a logical answer. Um, but but I'm, I'm surprised that P.J. Washington wasn't maybe higher. He was down 18%. Um, you know, a guy that the Hornets drafted and has developed and has kind of taken some steps each year and, and done whatever the, the team asked. I know he's been maddening, maddening. Ah, I can't say that maddeningly inconsistent. I'm missing a, a, a
0: Mad, maddeningly. That's ma- the Yankees. Yes, fan. I'm on that's, yes. I'm missing some
1: Maddeningly.
0: Inconsistent.
1: <laughs> Is that right. Okay. I'm just going with that. Um, it's but, been like
0: a like two weeks since we've you've, we've done like or a week. I know since we've
1: done you a can. Podcast, I mean, so. the people haven't even heard the other edits out in the podcast before this point. There but we we're know. leaving this all in. So, <laughs> all right. um, yeah. So, did were you shocked? Rosier was first. Did Did you think PJ would be any closer to? Him?
0: I did think PJ would be closer, but I I figured Terry would at least run away with it in in some way. But you know, forty one to eighteen is I mean fairly similar to the split between uh Nick and yeah. Frank Kaminsky but I I, I figured'd be a little closer than that How, as well
1: let's fast forward to the end of the season who do you think will be the answer to this question at the end of the season if you had to bet money on one player would it would it be still for Terry to be the guy
0: if I had yeah I think so because even if he doesn't play quite as well I think a lot of people will still. You know, appreciate like the veteran spark that he has, and like the leadership presence that you know. I mean, he's basically like the only guy doing that now. Because I mean, I'm outside of Lamelo, um, you know, the best players on this team are all, I theoretically, the best players on this team are, are all pretty young um, or just not in a position to be like, "All right, guys, like follow my lead. Like I'll I'll carry you out of this you know fourth quarter hole or." bad stretch that we're going through or something in the way that that Terry is. So I, I could see it going down. Um if like I maybe Mark Williams like ends up starting and is really good and he rockets his way up this list. But I, I would be very surprised if it's not still Terry at the end of the year. Especially given the percentage split that there's we're at now.
1: I think the other thing Terry has is like a bit of an alpha personality, doesn't it? He? Exactly. He's very much like a leader of the team. Exactly. He speaks to the media a lot. He 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 speaks with authority, and like you hear guys like Mark Williams speak, and he, he just like he's a rookie, like but but he's not got to the stage I think where he's comfortable enough to necessarily be completely relaxed with maybe the the fans and the media, and that that will come, but. But right now, I, I don't think fans get to see maybe or like the the great side of the personality that, that Mark has. But hopefully that'll come out in the season and we get to see that as he gains, gets more comfortable. Um, okay. Um, yeah, it was really interesting doing the fan survey. It's something I'm going to try and bring bring back to do on an annual basis because I think it's it's, a, it's a, an interesting exercise to kind of post some some questions out there, especially in August when it's quiet. Um all right, let's take a break here. We are gonna hear from our friends at DraftKings and then we're gonna come back after the break and talk about a possible PJ Washington rookie extension. So we'll catch you after the break. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition and the fun from the great office at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code TBPN and new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly. If that's not a faction, you can place the same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger prize. For example, you can bet UNC to beat App State, but maybe you think it'll be a low-scoring game, so you want to look at under three touchdowns. You can go ahead and do that. The possibilities are endless. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code TBPN, bet $5 and get over $200 in free bets instantly that's code TBPN only at DraftKings sportsbook you must be 21 plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for terms and resources gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in tennessee call or text tennessee redline at 1-800-889-9789 in new york text Hopeney, 467, 369, one per new customer, minimum 5 pound deposit and wager, 200 dollars issued as $825 free bets. Okay, now we are back. PJ Washington. It is illegible for a rookie extension. We just saw RJ Barrett at what was it, 30 a year with the Knicks, which is yep. which is which is interesting, um, considering that you would have thought he would have been one of the the prime targets in the negotiations with the Utah Jazz for Donovan Mitchell, which which we weren't going to. We, we've, we've done Mitchell possible before. We've talked about that. But I, it does kind of, I think, remind us all that actually that they can sign rookie extensions from now. Like the, the deadline, yeah, is in October, but they can do it from essentially this offseason to start the new calendar year. So we've got pretty much like five to six weeks, and we're going to know if P.J. Washington is going to be a, a restricted free agent. Or if he's going to be back in the, the Hornets long term, uh, what are your what are your feelings in this chase? How do, how do you think this is going to play out? And I, I know some of it will depend on training camp and maybe preseason games, what they see from the team. But but what's your gut at, at this moment in terms like do Do you think first question I guess do you think they will come to an agreement before the regular season?
0: I would be very very surprised if they come to a contract extension agreement before the regular season starts. I feel pretty, I mean, not that I'm happy about it, but I feel pretty strongly that he is going to kind of be in the same situation as Miles. Like if they offer him an extension, it will be something that, you know, he probably doesn't want to take. And then it'll just play out in the free agency because I don't think that this front office is one to like necessarily bet against themselves with players that are hitting restricted free agency. Cause it's not like, Someone like like Terry Rozier, who when they extended him, like he he's gonna he would have been hitting unrestricted free agency. So there's no, you know, you have no team control over it. But if PJ Washington, no matter what offer he gets, even if it's better than the one you gave him, you can you still have the right to match it, which is what the same thing that they were going to do with the other power forward that they had on the roster that was going to to restricted free agency this year. But yeah, I'd be pretty surprised if PJ doesn't have like the exact same like contract situation play out just because you know it doesn't it's just doesn't seem like it's something that they're gonna do like not that they're not willing to extend them at all but it doesn't seem like they they do it like beforehand with uh like rookie contract guys yet because they waited for like Devonte. Uh, i mean they waited for cody martin like they haven't gotten extended a young player early yet i don't think in this so- uh, regime
1: with with everything with this, I know it's boring to say this, but it all, it all does depend. I think on the bridges situation.
0: Yeah. Whether,
1: whether they have clarity by October seventeenth, which is when the deadlines uh, deadline for extension is on, on where the bridges situation might be going. If if bridges is you know going to be getting a, a lengthy suspension, okay, I, I don't know and the team want him back, then I think I agree with you. It might play out that way. But if Miles Bridges is just off the team by October 17th, do you, does a part of you not think that, well, he's now going to be in line for a starting role. He's going to be playing 30-plus minutes a night. That means his, his numbers are going to get bumped across the board because of the increased minutes. Um, he's in a good... Environment with good players uh, kind of around him that can help him excel. We just gone through the situation where we gave an extension offer to Miles, he rejected it, and now everyone around the NBA is laughing or were laughing at the you know four years 60 million, which was reportedly offered or 64 million. And that now, with so much cap space going forward, if Bridges was completely off the roster, that uh, and with the TV deal coming in which even though there will be potential caps moving, I believe in 2020, in the summer of 2024, four, um, it is, there is still going to be an increase in the cap and there is going to be a sizable increase in the cap. Mm-hmm. So with all that in mind, you've just been through the situation before, the cap is going to be significantly increasing during a potential contract period and you've got financial flexibility going forward do you not think there's a pretty strong case that they don't want to make the same mistake again?
0: Hmm. You know I mean, that actually, that actually is a pretty strong case. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, diff- I'll give you that one. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, you're, you're right. I think there is a, a good reason, because especially because with the, I mean, because I feel like that's something that people forget when them like thinking about a lot of like young player, like future contract extensions is that, the cap is just going to like continually rise players are going to keep making like more money like players lower down on the depth chart will be making you know double digit millions per year the further we go along so maybe there maybe they will get something done here just because and just bank on you know you know we know you're, he's at least never he hasn't gotten hurt that that often or like long-term injuries it's all like you know sprained ankle we're just like uh like bumps and bruises kind of thing. And he's he's been pretty available. And I feel like they could bank on just be like, we're, we at least know you're going to be a good role player for us that's there. And then anything above that, you know, you're out, kind of outplaying this contract. So maybe, maybe you're right that they will kind of avoid making that mistake again and kind of just, you know, having like more holes on the roster every offseason than they did the last one.
1: Yeah, it's just – with the with situation that they now that they might be in, because we we still just don't know. Um, like you, you look at here is a couple of other players who play the same position and similar situations. Larry Markkinen got four years, sixty seven million. Right, uh, just over sixteen and a bit per year. Jonathan Isaac got four years, sixty nine million back in twenty twenty. A lot of them have injury protections on there. But they are kind of power forward slash, well, Mark Larkin is not really, is not center at all, but are kind of power forward base players who are somewhat similar to PJ. But remember, if he were to sign an extension, it would not start until <clears throat> uh, the summer of 2023, the 23 24 season. So he oh. would only. Be playing on that extension for one year before that new TV money comes in, and and at that point you're talking about significant increase in cap space, more so than just like the one to three million. It kind of slowly creeps up up year. I think you'll be looking at some, like a five to eight million jump. It's not going to jump by whatever it was like twenty million last time the TV deal came a- in and Kevin Durant went and signed with the Warriors and. Timothy Mozgov and Bismap Bayumbo they all got paid' it's, it's not gonna go ridiculous like that the whole dang. shout out the whole um,
0: mm-hmm. but he's still it, getting it paid is, by the Lakers I think
1: yeah it, it is still gonna make uh quite a difference um I, I where where would you if, if you're Pj what sort of money are you happy with
0: hmm so I, w- I was just gonna ask you that but I think that I was looking at the Hornets' uh, like current contract table right now, so I imagine it'll be something between fifteen and twenty, maybe. Because you got you'll have Gordon Hayward at thirty-one and a half for this season and next season, right? Yeah, this yeah. season and next season, uh, and then that's it. Uh, Terry is at the twenty-three approximately. He's got seventy-four million uh, for the next three years. Lamelo is on his rookie deal, but is obviously going to be making a max as soon as that is a possibility for him so i'd imagine that he is probably like the fourth guy third or fourth guy in line in terms of uh like their yearly value on their contract because unless they have no plans to <laughs> put a good team around lamelo they're going to replace that whole gordon hayward contract slot with someone else um hopefully somebody that is like a young running mate for lamelo but i obviously we'll see in two summers from now but i'd imagine he's probably like the fourth guy or fourth highest paid guy on the team so something between 50 and 20 or 15 and 20 million dollars and i would be perfectly fine with that especially like actually if the if the cap raises maybe like 17 to 22 instead of 15 to 20 but because i mean guys that are six foot seven defend or both front court positions and with can at least reliably switch on to guards uh in a pinch not somebody that's like a 1 through 5 positional defender but they can, he can hold up in a lot of different situations that certain like you know 4 or 5 men can't hold up. Uh he's basically a career like 38% three point shooter on four attempts per game. And on offense he's also like a very underrated passer as well. So guys that with those skill sets fit in every single team and typically get paid pretty well because he's 6-7 and can really really shoot. So that is a valued skill set in today's NBA. So <clears throat> I, I would be fine with, you know, what might seem like a lot of money for like the, probably the fourth or fifth best player on your team. Um, if you're like a, a finals contender or the playoff run contender, but he he's really good and he has a very valuable skill set too. And it's like Duncan Robinson made $95 million and he like, can't even play defense in certain playoff situations. You would never have that problem with PJ. Granted, he's not as good of a movement shooter, but you know, he gives you a little bit more on on both ends. So he's going to be paid well for his services, regardless of it's Lawrence or not.
1: I think if I'm the agent, I'm asking for twenty per year straight, like from you. That's what yeah, I'm asking
0: for. Definitely, that would be me too. You,
1: you need to meet is at twenty per year. Um, to kind of put that, like, say into into context a little bit, Jeremy Grant is on like twenty per year um aaron gordon's 21 and a half per year john collins got 25 which was uh, a bit of a surprise um and then i think if you're charlotte you point to guys like christian wood and be like well he got 13 kyle kuzma he's on 13 um you know jonathan isaac's on 17 so i think that's where like like, that's the battleground right there it's that's like 17 to, to to 21 million like you said um I, th- I think I would probably go there. The only thing that I do wonder here is that like PJ has been reported in trade rumours now for quite some time around trade deadlines. And if they are wanting PJ to be a centrepiece for a deal for Donovan Mitchell or another star level player, if they're wanting to make that move very soon, if they if they've committed to that, then he's a lot harder to move once he signs extension because he essentially becomes a poison pill contract, which is what RJ Barrett has now become for the Knicks. And it makes him very difficult to trade with a package of picks and other players to another team. So if the Hornets are committed to, I don't know, let's just say that they say we need to get another top 30 player on this roster by the end of the season, like no doubt it would actually probably be easier not to extend pj just because then he's much easier to trade from a salary point of view um but i, I don't think they will have a premeditated approach like that but it, i think it's just worth something to note um yeah I, I think i'd go up to 20 20 million i think i think 20 million will become like the way you at the minute like 15 million is what you pay for like to start in the nba at the moment it's kind of a guide and i think that by you know, 2024 20, 25, 26, I think that'll be up to around that 20 million mark. Uh, and I think he is, he, he's going to be a, a, a board, a, a start, a, a respectable starting player or a great bench option. And that's what I think PJ will be. And that's why I think he should be paid like a, a, an appropriate starter level salary. Agreed. Okay. To finish off Hornets over under, Um, currently it is at 36.5, um, which marks it to be in the East. The Wizards are at 35.5, the Pistons at 28.5, the Magic at 25.5 and the Pacers at 24.5. So essentially what they're saying is that the Hornets are going to finish towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. I think this over under has actually gone down as well since it originally it came out.
0: I think it was 37 okay. and a half, or may at least 37.5 when it first came out.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm, that doesn't surprise me. What what are our general overriding thoughts here with this with this over-under? Well, you know, I don't want us to do our official predictions until we get a bit of sense of preseason and we get some kind of more clarity on on the vibes around the team, but um if, if you're betting money on this, are you which way you swaying?
0: All right, so I feel I feel pretty strongly about this too and I don't even think it's a homer take like the 2021-22 Charlotte or 2021 22 Charlotte Hornets won 42 games, correct? I'm not remembering that incorrectly. I didn't even check. Yep. That's just right. Okay. So now with the subtraction of one player who played the entire season with the team, he averaged oh, 20 a comp- points a game. And seven, that this is their, that's, that's why it's that low. They, they, and this is my other reasoning for, for that I'll get into after. So with the subtraction of one player that averaged 20 points, seven rebounds and four assists per game, they are going to be six wins worse than they were last season with, you know, a, It's a little bit of an improved East, but still it was good last season and the Hornets went over 500. They were the best 10 seed in NBA history. I don't think that losing one player again and getting a coach that is going to improve their defense, which was easily the worst part of their team. And if Mark Williams is a a playable center in his rookie year, you have the rim protector that you did not have. And he's seven feet tall and he's huge. And then you can play him, Plumley, Kyle, whatever. You'll have whole, a whole bunch more options that you didn't have last year in terms of uh, rim protection and front court defense. There is no way that they're going to win 36 games or wow. fewer if with just one player that went off this seat. You cannot convince me that one player is worth six wins. And that is the reason that they're going to be like, go from like what would be uh, like a 10 seed to probably like 12 or 13 at the absolute best. There's just no way. And the reason that I, th- and I am, I feel very strongly that it's this low because the people that set these odds either know or feel very strongly that that player will not be on the team this year or for the high majority of the season, at least, because there's no other reason to put it that low. What if they, if there was a belief or they were at least being like, we don't know yet. Uh, we're going to assume that he's there until someone says that he's not. Why would it be that low? Like, why wouldn't it at least be, like, 40? Like, uh, being like, oh, the East got better, they'll, they'll lose, like, two or three fewer games. Why would it be such a dramatic shift? Other than if they lost somebody who was theoretically their second-best player and now isn't there. But it's not like it was like, oh, he's the second-best player, like Kyrie Irving to Kevin Durant. Like, he, he didn't make an all-star team. Like, he was good, but he he's not an all-star. So I don't think he makes a six-win difference. So that that's wow. my rant on that. I don't know if yeah. that's a, like me being like a, a homer I feel like and, I should stand whatever. up for the board. thank I, I, you. I thank know. you. The crowd um, the crowd behind me is, is clapping if, if after uh, such if a
1: tumultuous offseason for you to be so positive. No and I, so I and
0: I don't think that I would hit I would hit the over if the but when it was like I think it was 38 and a half, then I was like, I would just I would like stay away from that. Cause then you're being like 39, 40 wins is what they have to hit. To, to win money then it's like okay i could see them winning 39 or 40 games 36 yeah. is is low like that that's they only play 82 so three to five game swings is like that's like a week and a half or two weeks of losses
1: you you you've missed a good part of your argument as well which you didn't even mention
0: which okay here we go mention it I'll, for me this I'll is to help it. you I'm, i meant to say that
1: uh, a certain Mr. Haywood who was injured for half of last season, who, okay.
0: There we go. And I, yeah, who, I didn't even think of him. You're right. Yeah, that's another reason yeah. he's going to be bad. So, again, if you can't you can't hedge your bet and be like, he's going to get injured. That's why we lowered it. Yeah, <laughs> like they didn't do that the last two seasons.
1: With that said, I completely disagree. <laughs> All
0: right, there we go. I know we needed
1: uh, that. We, we're disagreeing a lot today. This is good. Um, I'm just I. I Think it'll be. I think I, th- I think it'll be right around that number, so I actually probably wouldn't bet it, but I, I'd probably dip under. Um, I just think the disaster potential for this team is massive. I think they are one injury away, one bad losing streak away from maybe firing a coach. Um, I, I don't know if there is still, uh, you know, I, they still haven't solved a lot of the issues, you know, the defensive issues. I, I don't think it's fair to just assume Mark Williams or a healthy Gordon Hayward are just going to come in and resolve the issues that were there. Um, the the only way I can see the Hornets comfortably beating this over is if LaMelo makes a major jump and he goes from being a player who's like, oh yeah, LaMelo's a good young player to the the Darius Garland level of play that he had last year to the Trey Young level of play, like that, to go from being a, a good young player to like the undoubtedly number one option and and able to to lead and pull and scrape his team through to wins, and and I, I think it could happen, which is why I wouldn't bet it because I I have said from very early on after watching the Mellow, you you can't say what the Mellow can and can't do, or what his potential is because. Of his physical and skill gifts that he has been given, um, but I I do not feel great about it. I, I just think there is some bad juju on this team, and I oh, I'm just absolutely. worried. I'm just worried things can can turn really sour here. And I I know you said the the East isn't like that much better, but I think Washington are going to have a healthy Bradley Beal, and they've got Porzingis. I think that's a that's big for them. Uh, even like the Orlando Magic, they've just added Paolo, he, you know, who looked absolutely fantastic. They've got Franz as well. Um, you look at like Detroit, they've got more talented. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran. I know they, they haven't got uh, Grant anymore, but like Cade, we expect a big jump for him. So I think the bottom of the East has got some some players who I expect to make a positive impact this year. And then the, the Knicks are sniffing around star players. The Cavaliers and Bulls have all made good moves. Like I just, I, I just don't see it. And I think like the Hornets' young players, the the Buck Knights, the Kais, the Thors, the Williams. I, I've not seen anything in this through the summer league, or I, I, we'll we'll hopefully hear more in training camp. I'm not expecting a massive breakout, a Devontae Graham level breakout, a Mars Bridges level breakout from any of them. Um, Buck Knight's unfair because we didn't see him in summer league, so he could have been one that we could have seen him in summer league and gone, "It's coming for this guy," and and I really hope it is. Um, but I just feel like we're relying on a similar group of players, but like you say, we're, we're missing a, a key cog in that. And yeah, so I I I duck under. Um, I, I don't know if the the off season from hell is bleeding over into now my regular season expectations for the team. Um, maybe it is, but but maybe that's fair enough.
0: I think I think that is fair. I'm I'm definitely not gonna hold that against you. This has been um, a less than ideal scenario or a less than ideal summer, I think, for us. And the situation heading into the regular season is bleak. Which I wish that we like, could do, like, a little bit of an early-ish, uh, like, thoughts heading into training camp. But, like, I literally, like, don't really have any. They don't have a roster that like, we talked about. They have 13 well, players on the team right now. Like, I- there's I'm so waiting. many players. Yeah. I'm they waiting are, like, to do
1: <laughs> a video series of, like, key position battles for training camp. But Miles Bridges affects, so, like, every position because of, the, like, the knock-on effect. Because if he is or is not on the roster... It like, well, then like Cody Martin and then JT Thor and Jen McDonald's and PJ. It, it just makes it's very hard to write anything right now because you're writing yep. it normally, assuming that Bridges isn't going to be on the roster. But um I, I just think, yeah, I, I very much I just pray for some clarity um on September the seventh. I hope I hope justice is is delivered to those affected. I know it's not gonna be it's just a preliminary hearing, but but I hope at least there is some clarity. Um, that enables the Hornets to to move forward and, and go from this position of, of flex. And also us as analysts and podcasters that we can start actually know what we're talking about going into the season. Uh, some clarity for that would be great as well. I, I, I don't think it will be as clear as we probably want, if I'm being honest, because these things rarely move quickly and are clear. Um, but we can only hope.
0: Yeah, and my, I'm really just kind of at this point, this is how, how low my expectations are, are at this point. I'm just waiting for like the the like training camp guys, like guys that are going to get cut and go to Greensboro with the Exhibit 10, like the second two way contract because Arnold Skolboka is playing in Europe and Scotty Lewis has a broken leg right now. Um, and then, you know, it, it, there's just so much like end of roster stuff to be done too, on top of finding out. You know whether or not a player that is and was important to your team is even allowed to be like a member of society anymore. So th- there, there's just a lot that's going to go on. The, the, I feel in between was, now and training camp. I think.
1: Yeah, this wasn't on the agenda, but Scott Lewis is actually an interesting case because, like, for him to receive medical treatment and to be in the Hornets' training room and everything.
0: Yeah, they I definitely want to keep has- him around
1: he has to be on an NBA contract, right? Of some sort. And he's currently yes. a free agent. So do you sign him to the two-way slot and essentially know that he's not going to play because of his injury? Or like, what are the deals do they sign him to? Do they sign him to an exhibit 10, even though he can't take part in training camp? And then they have his rights in Greensboro and they rehab him for one year and then kind of have like a... a Kind of agreement in hand that they will put him on a two-way next year when he's back from the injury. With these one-year two-way contracts, I, I I don't feel like they're just going to be like, oh, you broke your leg, you're now a free agent. Good luck with your treatment. It doesn't feel like that's the way this will play out.
0: No, I don't. I, I, you're probably right. And I think there, there are probably two options. And I do think they want to keep Scotty around, so I think he'll be. I think he'll be back on that two-way at some point. And he did. It was in July, so there's a chance that he. Can play in like maybe like February or March or something, depending on how severe it was. I we really don't know because the only update we got was that he broke his leg, um, out of summer league practice. But I think that one one option is just keeping it open and just having one two way player until he's you know at least healthy enough to start practicing again, and then you sign him to it. Uh, he comes in and is rehabbing in your building and whatnot. And the other one would be to just sign a, another player to the open two way spot, um, with like. The caveat that, like, when Scotty Lewis is healthy, we will waive you. You can either like seek other opportunities uh, with a two-way contract in the NBA, or join, you know, the Greensboro Swarm or something like that. What does
1: Scotty do in that situation in the interim when he is not signed?
0: I would. He would probably just rehab, you know, with his agent or trainer, people that he does all that kind of stuff with. I Uh, have to think the the team would want him
1: to do that. The the medical staff would surely want. I know it's not up to the medical yeah. stuff, but it'd be like doing oh, like whatever, a fifth of your recovery and then going away and then coming back. Like if, if you're wanting to see the player again at the end of the injury, you want to be involved in the player recovering so you can track and monitor it every step of the way and give the right advice and 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 kind of measure how it's healing. So I, I think it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be yeah. interesting to see. And I just hope it – doesn't play out in a way that that means Scott loses out on a two-way another year of two-way contracts and financials i I hope they're able to find a solution that that works and is a happy four pies okay um that will do it for us um the next episode we'll be recording is september with training camp fast approaching um So we will look forward to speaking again soon and keep uh, on the All Hornets podcast feed. If you haven't already, can you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? That'd be great. Helps others find our podcast. There's a lot of good Hornets podcasters out there. Anything you can do to to try and help us go a little bit higher in those those standings so more people can find us and listen to us would be incredible. So make sure you you hit that uh, rate and review button on Apple Podcasts. Um, But that is everything from me. Chase, good to chat to you. Um, And we will speak again soon.
0: Good to talk to you again, my friend. Training camp will be here before we know it. A couple more weeks.
1: All right, let's do it. Bye. Bye.